Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today I have Mark Asquith with me from the UK. Mark is the founder, owner, I think, of Captivate FM, which is actually the podcast hosting service that I use. Mark, take it away. Go ahead and tell us where you're at and how things are going. Well, thanks for having me, April. Yeah, I, as you say, I'm the, the, the founder and the CEO of, of Captivate. We're a, a podcast hosting distribution and monetization platform, um, which is fun in the UK, as you know. Um, and yeah, just, you know, been doing this, working at home like for a while. Um, probably probably like on and off for the last, how old am I? The last 18 years, which is kind of terrifying. <laughs> maybe, actually, maybe not. Maybe the last 17 years, maybe the last 16, 17 years since I, I started working for myself. And uh, always found it sort of interesting. Um, and then obviously with the pandemic and so on and, and, and being in software as well, you know, I didn't always work in software, but I did I used to do a lot of working at home when I was like learning how to build stuff. Um, so it's been a bit of a weird journey, but yeah, you know, this is what I pretty much do full time now, which is, which is kind of nice. So let's go ahead and address the fact that you were off camera today for the people who are watching the video version of the episode. What's going on? Oh yeah. Well, it's one of the working from home perils. I get a text from my internet provider earlier saying we're doing essential works in the area, which basically means you're going to have really sporadic internet all day. And uh, it's a nightmare, isn't it? It's just a nightmare. It's, it's, uh, it really is one of the, the biggest kind of frustrations in this working at home journey, like lockdown. When that hit last year, we had um, Sam and I, we, 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 we were obviously living in the same place, working on the same stuff. And the internet was just terrible. And uh, I didn't realize it was because my house had just a load of stone walls, like brick walls. So I got a, I mean, it was, it was like stress, ultimate stress, like the internet not yeah. working. And um, we bought a bit of a, a Wi-Fi mesh system, which instantly cured it. And it's just okay. such a huge thing. Like, I don't think you realize how much of a deal it is. So yeah, that's what we're struggling with today as well, which is always fun. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Um, I have worked on and off, uh, well, for different, for different kinds of companies. I worked for Mayo Clinic in Minnesota, a big uh, health company. And I was, um, you know, back then, like 10, 11, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, I guess, internet wasn't as fast as it is, you know, like I, mm -hmm. we were working off of like 50 and now I'm at like a thousand and I still struggle, you know, um, is it, I, I I'm saying numbers, but I'm not saying like, I, Tell me, what is the speed? What is the measurement for speed? Is it? Yeah, like megabytes. Yeah, yeah. Megabytes. I wanted to say it right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I guess, you know, we just keep, you know, pushing the limits because back then we weren't on video conferencing calls, you know, it was just typing and, you know, submitting documents. And now, um, you know, I've been teaching kids in China. And, you know, singing a song with kids on the other side of the planet, trying to sync that is, you know, really pushing the limits too. So, um, but yeah, sometimes the companies have been more forgiving than others. Um, obviously, if you're working for yourself, you can just be like, hey, it is what it is. But um, some of the companies would be like, they wouldn't approve it. If I had an internet outage, I would be hot yeah. spotting and all the things. But, you know, battery backup. One time my power went out and... All of the networks, all of the um, Wi-Fi for all of the people in the neighborhood went down, but I had a battery backup and I was like the only person that was still able to use it. But as soon as they start messing with the actual internet updates and upgrades or whatever, that's a mess. Oh, it's a nightmare. It really is a nightmare. It's um, I mean, like you say, you know, especially working at home, you, you, you realize how much you totally rely on it. And I think because of everything that's, that's gone on with the pandemic and so on, you 
um, there's so much more video stuff going on um, as opposed to before where, you, you know, it was very much consumption. Even when we weren't consuming, we were doing far less video calls um, than we are now. So, yeah, it, it has been a challenge, that's for sure. It has been a challenge. And I think it's, it's certainly a concession that has to be made for that, you know, regardless. I think, I think that's... Um, like it's one of the, like the the pieces that employers have just got to be very understanding about. I think um, it is, it's a tough one. And colleagues, yeah, f- yeah, and clients. Yeah. Like we've all been there. So hopefully, um, you know, people are, you know, if you've if you've experienced, you understand. But I, you kind of feel like, oh my goodness, I'm trying to get to an interview, like a job interview, and it's like my car broke down, and I'm trying to get across town, um, and I feel the same way. Like internet is kind of like a transportation in some ways. Yeah, well, it is, isn't it? I mean, it um, it, it allows you to, you to, well, to do all it to allow, it allows you to do what we're doing now. You know, it it, it it enables everything so much. But like you said, we're pushing the boundaries so much. And I think it's a difficult thing, especially when you consider like um, employers and, and and employees that were thrust into having to walk, uh, work at home. Um, you know, the requirement to have decent internet is is potentially an expense that people just didn't have before. You know, which is kind of weird to think about because you always assume that people have just got decent internet, but you know, not everyone has, there's no reason. They might just have their phone. Yeah. Just tether up. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Hey, let's talk about captivate. Um, I have talked about this in the past that I went on this big quest trying to figure out uh, the best host for my podcast. And I thought it was going to be like a 20 minute decision. I had seen people recommend this or that, the other thing. And I thought I was going to just be like, Oh, I'll just pick whatever, what's what, you know, some guru had recommended. And then I started looking into it. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to quickly max out, you know, Mm -hmm. if they're only doing, you know, 30 minutes a a month, you know, for that $10 a month plan or whatever it is, I'm going to blow right past that because I'm talking for an hour every week, um, twice. I do two interviews most of the time. And so we're talking at least eight hours a month. Um, and so your, yours kind of like, rose to the top as I started comparing all the things, especially with um, getting me linked up with all of the Spotify and Apple podcasts and Amazon podcasts. It just seemed like yours was going to be the most user-friendly and I needed the most user-friendly, but you were kind of the new kid on the block. And I don't think that everybody has heard of Captivate yet. I actually didn't realize until we scheduled this interview that you were in the UK. So why don't you talk about your journey with Captivate and then how you got to Captivate. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and thanks for choosing it. And, and you know, that, that validates the, the mission. Um, you know, that's why we exist. Um, so Captivate's, you know, a couple of years old, just about. Um, but actually, we've been doing podcast hosting since about 2014. Um, okay. And we did it for a very specific subset of users. So my, my background was I used to, I mean, I've, I've worked for myself for a long time in, in building things and, and coding things and then, you know, building digital agencies out and, and so on. And I've just, you know, I've been around a bit. Um, and I used to run a digital and design agency. So we build like software for, for, for corporates or we build like, um, you know, we build education platforms for education companies. And so like we were a software house and a, and a <clears throat> excuse me, and a digital house and a branding company. Um, and I got into podcasting and we used to do sort of, um, any website that we did, we'd always do it on WordPress. So I got into podcasting in about 20, uh, 2012, 2011, um, did it for it's a couple a of years like- back then. Well, you think that, but not really. It had still been around since 2005. It's just, you know, 
it's just because of what we talked about, internet speeds and everyone's been educated that you can get everything on demand now. Um, you know, it, it took the revolution in Netflix. It took the revolution in Uber. It took the revolution in Deliveroo and Just Eat and um, Uber Eats and, 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 and all of these things that you can just get instantly. It took that app revolution for podcasts to become more widely understood as, oh, wait a sec, it's on-demand audio, you know, because mm. it just that concept, on-demand anything up until about 2011 just didn't exist. Yeah. Um, so we, I, I then quickly kind of created a WordPress platform with Kieran, who's my, my co-founder. Um, and we, 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 we did some kind of affiliate work with John from EO Fire, who's, who's a good mate and, and, you know, did a lot of good work together with him. We created this podcast website platform. And on the back end of that, we actually did hosting. Um, so what we do is we, we you know, we'd host people's websites. We'd, we'd kind of manage them and maintain them for a monthly fee. And part of that would be, you get podcast hosting included, which was fine. It was good. Um, and you were linked in with someone else or your own podcast hosting? No, our own. We built it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We okay. used to use um, we used to use a plugin that was an open source plugin by another company for, to generate the feeds. But we did the hosting. We did the analytics. We built it all out. That's what I mean. In like 20, 2013, 2014, we built that. Uh, you know, we were doing private podcasting back then. We were doing all sorts of stuff that people are now kind of you know on top of. Um, mm-hmm. And then it got to well, a few things started to happen. Actually, people said. Um, I've got a website, but I want you guys level of service because we, we always put a real focus on just personality and service. And like I've been in the, the industry now for, for nearly 10 years. I've, I've been around um, podcasting. I've been speaking at conferences since about 2013, 2014. Um, and, and I got to know every, you know everyone in podcasting, pretty much that there is to know, I got to know um, really early. And, and people said, look, we want your level of service, but we've got our own, you know, we've already got our website, so we don't need that part of it. I said, well, you know, all right. So we created Captivate. Um, and we did that, you know, with the user in mind, with you, the podcaster, with growth in mind. And and just, you know, keep keep doubling down on that, keep improving it, keep doing more and more for the podcaster. So, um, yeah, the platform, the brand is is a couple of years old. But I mean, like I said, we've been hosting for, for a while, um, a long, long time, long, long time. Um, it's, and we still run that business, you know, that web business that we've got. We still run that. That's still a, a good, profitable company. We've still got Lester that runs it. Um, and it... Uh, yeah, I suppose that's the journey. <laughs> you've you've thrown out a few names. So you've mentioned your partner and you've also mentioned Sam. So how many people are on your team right now? Uh, Captivate has 10 people. Yeah, we've got 10 people. We've got a few developers. We've got some support staff. Not all of them are full time. Not all, you know, we've got some contractors that work um, part time that, that cover some support hours for us. So, we, you know, we've got 10 people. But like I said, not all of them are full time. Um, and we still do support. Kieran and I still do support. You know, that was how we've we, we've built a few businesses and everyone that we've built has been we build it and then we do the support for it. And then we recruit in the support team first to, to make sure the experience is great. Um and then, then we build the bigger team around it. So it, it works nicely. It works nicer, to be honest. And, and I, you know, we start. I love hearing this because um, actually the last couple that I just interviewed, it was a, a husband and wife team and they, they sell SEO marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just said, you know, we are, I think they also have about the same size team around, you know, 10 people, including um, their themselves and their, and their employees. And they're like, you know, we, we work with big brands and we're finding out that a lot of them are actually still a small team or started off as just like a couple, you know, that grew something. And I was a little surprised. I actually just reached out to you. I was like, so Mark, you know, I've been using your podcast hosting. Uh, Do you actually work from home? Would you be interested in interviewing with me if you do? 
And I was surprised to hear back from you. Um, do you have like a brick and mortar office anywhere or are you running everything out of your um, home offices collectively as a team? Yeah, so we we um, we, we do have a, a bricks and mortar place down in, in Sheffield, um, which we're actually considering what, what we do with that. So we've got a podcast recording studio there. Um, we've got, um, you know, a, a full bricks and mortar office and we, we've had that for a long, long time. We used to go in there three or four days a week and mm-hmm. we'd work at home one or two days a week. And obviously that switched with a pandemic. So we're actually quite literally as we speak in the midst of deciding whether or not we keep that building or not. Um, you were not the first person to tell me this, you know, no, like, I think it's understandable. I mean, home. Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, the, the, the challenge for us is it's always great to get people together and developers enjoy working together. But, you know, the, 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 the flexibility and quality of co-working spaces is is completely fine. You know, there's nothing there's nothing problematic about, you know, sticking a laptop, maybe an extra spare monitor in the bag and, and, and co-working somewhere. Um, but you wouldn't you know, have your podcast recording studios there. Are you bringing those into your homes right now? Uh, well, I don't need it. I mean, I sound all right now on this yeah, interview, um, yes. you know, and I can I can do this. You know, I can do a welcome to my show. I can do all that <laughs> stuff. Um, okay. And it's, it's 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 all here. You know, the microphones are quality. And, um, you know, we, we, we used to let the studio out. Like we used to hire the studio out to people that want to record. But we stopped doing that again because of COVID. And, and frankly, you know, it's the management of it. We're running a busy software company and. Um, you know, you don't want to be going going down to reception to get someone for a recording studio and make sure they know what's going on. It's, it's, it's just not worth it. Um, so we only use it for our own YouTube stuff, which again, I've got a decent setup at home. I, I've got, you know, all the lighting. We've got, a, I've got a nice Canon camera with a, a good Sigma lens on it. It, it will not look better in a studio. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's a funny, it's a funny old situation, you know? So I think we're, we're certainly toying with the idea now. What do we do? You know, what do we do? Um, well, that's something that's come up a few times is that it seemed to be in the past that if you worked from home, it was something less. And when yeah. you finally achieved, you know, having a storefront office, you have arrived. And I think that's getting flipped on its head right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it's, it is a very, very funny scenario with that because you... You find yourself think, like you said, that legitimacy. It's always great when you've got the legitimacy of an office space. And we, like, we've had office space for such a long time. Like we, oh, in, in the town that we used to live in, a town called Barnsley, we had the agency that we had, again, had like eight, nine people. We used to work with like brands all over the world. We, we had a printing company there. We had a photography studio there. Um, and we rented that building. And it was funny because when that building, when that building came up for sale, um, we almost bought it. Kieran and I almost bought it and we were going to turn it into a co-working space because I just thought it would work really nicely. We didn't because I ended up, I was away for a couple of months in the, in the US for podcasting stuff and the timing, you know, just didn't work out. And it was, it was always something that I thought was interesting. Like to own a building is wonderful from an investment perspective. Um, but then you're right from a legitimacy perspective, like when Kieran and I, we, we left the agency and we kind of closed the agency down and got out of the agency game and went fully into podcasting. The first thing that we did was get an office right in the center of Sheffield, which is, you know, Barnes is a town where we lived and, and Sheffield is a city, which is the nearest city to us. And it was great. You know, it felt great to be getting on a train or driving in and being around, go to the bars and all that sort of stuff. Like that was great, but it was also sort of, well, what's the point? 
you know, after a couple of years, there was no reason for us to have it. We just wanted it. So when COVID hit, um, and in particular, like Sam and I, we moved out a little bit further. So for me to commute into the office is about 50 minutes, which is not bad. You know, you stick a bit of music on, a bit of a podcast or a book and off you go. But um, we, it, it just you got your quality of life back. But then at the same time, um, like no one has ever thought that Captivate wasn't a legitimate company because we don't go, look, here's our office on Twitter. But then also on the flip side of that, we have enjoyed going back in once a week or twice a week because you get, you know, you can nip for a drink after work. You can go and get some whatever, like we like sushi at lunchtime, just nip and get a sushi up at lunchtime. So you, it's, it's funny because it's such a balancing act, you know, just having that balance, I think is vital. So, you know, like I said, at the minute, we're considering how do you, you know, how do you achieve that without, spending thousands and thousands and thousands per year on, on office space. You know, it's, it's that balanced. It makes me wonder, like, I'm sure that every industry has that different sweet spot where you're like, we only really need to see each other once a week or even once a month. And I, I mean, I guess you're going to have the whole mix of the extroverts and the introverts. And I don't know if software engineers um, exactly where they fall into that mix in, you know, stereotypically. Uh, but I know my husband would probably be content to only have to go into the office once, once a week. Mm -hmm. Currently he's home, you know, five days a week, but in the future, they're hoping to have them in the office three days a week (laughs) and two days at home. And, um, there wasn't much input, you know, as far as what they actually get to pick, but, um, for you, what would be that sweet spot? Well, I think it depends on the person, you know, I think, I don't think there needs to be a remit of when we go in and when we don't like for me, it's once a week, twice a week, because I do, I really love being in the office. I really, really do. Um, and, but at the same time, like I love, you know, we're fortunate enough to have a decent sized garden at home. And like, for example, you know, today I can spend, um, this morning the weather was nice i thought to myself do you know what I'm not really getting much done here my concentration is not that i'm going to just i'll spend 30 minutes cut the grass or you know do a little right. so you get you get a little bit of that kind of balance so i don't i'm not entirely sure there's a sweet spot that suits everyone but for me is that once a week um mm-hmm. and just to top up on the on the social goodness and you know i think it's different when you're coming out of lockdown as well because you you've been, you know, you've, you've been subdued socially for such a long time that any social contact, like even if it's just half a pint after work or whatever. It feels you, like a lot. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> and it's, it's, it, 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 it tops your willpower up. You know, it, it's, it's like when you have a good night out and, and you can, you know, you might have only have a night out now and again, but that's all right. You'll have the night out and that tops you up. You don't need another one for a few weeks or a yeah. few months or whatever your tolerance is. So it's, it's the same thing. It tops you up. So for me, that's that's once a week. You know, I wouldn't want to make more of a commute than once a week. Um, but it'd be nice. So it's nice you, to have the option. Right. If you let go of your building, are there co-working spaces that you would consider or even like, you know, a conference room in some hotel or um, restaurant? Yeah, we'd probably just, there's plenty of co-working spaces. Absolutely. Lots of good spaces. Yeah, yeah. It would be one of those, you know, you just go down, dump your laptop. And I've worked in those places before. I've worked... I was pretty nomadic for a while for the last, in fact, from about 2015 until, you know, COVID hit, we were, Sam and I were in um, San Diego, we'd been in LA, we'd been in New York and a few other places just working, doing podcast stuff. We were out there for nearly three months. Um, and that was all coffee shops and co-working spaces and all sorts of different things. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's, it would just be that scenario, you know, I don't see much wrong with that. 
were you networking with other podcasting people or were you actually like literally recording podcasts in these kind of like busy environments? I'm in a closet um, right now. So I'm like trying to be all quiet and tell my family to be quiet. No, it's, it's I mean, it's, it, it's a funny one. So yes, I was, I was still recording, you know, I've, and I've, you know, I've got, I'm fortunate enough to work in podcasting. So I've got all sorts of different podcasting rigs and things that I can take around somewhere. So I was recording on like a zoom H6. I've got a P4 now that I use. Um, and I was, I was recording on the zoom H6 and I had a couple of microphones that if I needed to do interviews, which I rarely do, but if I did, I had them and I'd just record myself. Um, and and I would also, you know, I've got a, a microphone that I can just USB straight into audition in my laptop. So my worst case is take a take a laptop and a and a USB mic, and it will it will sound almost this good. Um, the you know the the difference with me is that I've probably got, I mean, like you know, I've done twelve thirteen hundred episodes of podcasts. You know, I've I've, I've done a few of them, so. I'm, I'm a, probably a little different to a lot of podcasters. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll just launch in with, look, it's going to be noisy if you hear a dog barking, you know, I can't stop the dog barking. Hey. Um, yeah. You know, so it's, it's people, people, I think for me, tune into my brand a little bit for that because I've always been a little bit like that. But if you're listening to, you know, if you or if you're recording a narrative podcast and it's, it's all voice acting and the soundboards and the production, like that's not going to wash, you know, for me, it's, it's a, it's a very different thing. So right. yeah, we were doing that. We, we recorded in all sorts of places. I've recorded on conference floors. I've recorded, um, you know, I, we, we were stayed in the Hollywood Hills, um, where we were in LA and just recorded there on the balcony with the birds and the, you know, all the wildlife there and, um, like Beachwood cafe. We've done recordings there, just the, all these random places where you find yourself staying and you got a microphone, um, you know, and I've still got to get an episode out. So, um, yeah, I've done all sorts of weird stuff like that. And it's always yeah. fine. Um, and I'm sure that the microphone makes it or breaks it too. You know, I ended up with this uh, Blue Yeti, which I have said multiple times. I'm, as soon as I came home from the store with it, I was like, oh, there's so many other choices I could have gone with that would have probably been better. Um, you know, the directional ones that, you know, will cut out everything else. This has kind of catches a lot of the sound from the room. Mm -hmm. So I have to be a lot more careful, but I'm also not ready to upgrade. So, <laughs> well, it's funny. I mean, if you look at like how things have developed, things like the ATR twenty one hundred, like that's a hundred bucks. Um, you know, look at things like now the Rode Pod Mic. They're all, you know, that things have just developed so quickly in podcasting. Like there are even hardware devices for recording that didn't exist a year ago, like the P four or the L eight or um, some of the new sort of more mobile uh, Rode stuff that are coming out. And you know, it, you've got to just pick something and stick with this microphone that I've got now. That I'm just going to tap. That one is I've, you know, I can move, a, I can move away from it and it'll sound, you know, it's, it's, it's a really good mic. And I, wow. I have quite literally not changed this since I started a podcast. I've, I've had this since about 2012 um, okay. and just never changed it. You know, if I've got some more. No, well, well, the irony is I've got like, I've got, there's eight Heil PR40s, $450 microphones at the studio. And I still use this one because it sounds better for my voice and it's, it does the same stuff. So it, I think it's just about find that quality and then, you know, upgrading your microphone. It's not going to do that much for your show. Um, your sounds great. You know, why would you change it? You know, it works. As long as I'm in a quiet <laughs> uh, closet, <laughs> it works. So exactly. Yeah. Um, 
I want to talk a little bit about your own podcasting. What kind of stuff are you doing? Like you are not only running a podcast hosting business, but you're also podcasting about podcasting or about everything. Yeah, about podcasting. Yeah, I run a show called The Podcast Accelerator. It's just teaching teachers, busy podcasters, how to grow their audience in really actionable ways. Um, so it used to be a short form show, and I ch- I've just very recently changed that to a once a week long form show. I've gone back to being longer form. Um, so it's pretty much deep dives into you know podcast marketing concepts or podcast growth concepts or uh, concepts around the idea of being a working podcaster, a little bit like what Evo does. Um, and, and, and really just kind of give people ways to improve their podcast, but not from an audio perspective. Like I'm not an audio file. I'm a, I'm a, you know, let's get better numbers guy. Um, so yeah, like you probably you know, learn week, a lot from that. Is it a paid podcast or is it uh, public? No, no, it's all free. <clears throat> yeah. Everything's all free. So just, it's the podcast accelerator. Just, you know, uh, if you go to markaskwith.com slash listen, that's the single subscription link for it. Um, and you can just, yeah, you can get it. I do that all the time. I've got a Star Wars podcast that I talk about, um, Star Wars on. And another few that I want to do as well, inevitably. Um, you know, I get my hosting for free, which is kind of handy. So I <laughs> create as many as I want. <laughs> so Star Wars and what else? Um... Oh, there's loads that I want to do like loads of nerdy ones that I want to do, but I don't get time at the minute. I'm going to do, there's probably another, there's probably a new, another two podcast industry podcasts that I'm going to do very shortly. And, um, the probably the star Wars one, I might do another geek one, might like a bit of a nerdy one, but I have not decided yet. It's just too much, too much time cutting the grass, you know? Oh man. I mean, how many hours would it be? Would you be behind a mic when you say, that you were switching from the short form into the long form about how many minutes long were your short form and how many minutes long are the long form ones? Uh, so I used to do, um, I used to do about 10 minutes top end on the short form. And now I probably do, um, somewhere between 25 and 35 minutes an episode. Um, because <laughs> so I've mine is like 45 minutes to an hour and 15. What would you call that? <laughs> Oh, I think that's still long form. Yours is very different though, because it's interview. Mine's all solo stuff. So mine is, you okay. know, I'm literally, you know, talking nonstop for 30 minutes, which is, um, I can do that pretty easily to be fair, but, um, you know, it's, Me it's too. yeah, it's easy done. I mean, that's why we're in podcasting, you know, I would say that like talk. maybe every seven to 10 episodes I'll do a solo and they range from 45 minutes to, I think I've talked an hour and 10 minutes by myself. Mm-hmm. I find that I talk faster when I'm just talking by myself. And that's one thing that I'll have to work on is my pacing. Yeah. Um, any other podcasting tips that you'd like to throw out there while, we, while I've got you on the spot and we can dive into a little bit more of your home uh, office life here in a few minutes. Uh, no, not really. I think, you know, there's, there's plenty of content. To, there's plenty of content out there on that one. Yeah. It's just, just, just check out the podcast accelerator and, you know, I could be here forever talking podcasting. <laughs> How many episodes do you have on that one? Do you know? Um, on the accelerator, I think it's about 280, uh, 290. I'll have a quick look, actually. Just give me a sec. Uh, it's, it's about 280 or 290. I, I forget how much it is, but that's um, it used to be a couple of times a week. In fact, it started out three times a week, uh, and now it's one a week. So we're on, oh, 297 was the last one. That's impressive. You should celebrate when you hit 300. But, uh, um, well, I've hit noticed- 300 like 10 times. Like, I'm just that <laughs> habitual podcaster. You know, I've done like the... Right. The seven minute mentor had about 700. Uh, my old interview show had about 250, maybe a little bit less. The Spark of Rebellion, the, which is the Star Wars one, has got, uh, we're on about 130 for that one. So it's, yeah, I don't know. I'm just getting addicted to podcasting, you know. 
I, I felt like I really arrived when I hit 40 because I'm 43. I hit 43 episodes and then I was like, I, I should tell people, I should celebrate. I should tell my, you know, my friends and family <laughs> that I have a podcast that they probably forgot that I was starting, you know, a year ago. Mm. And then I was like, nah, that doesn't really feel like very many. So I hit 50 and I still didn't really say anything. So I do need to work more on the, I think I want people to find my podcast organically. Um, and like the people who I interview obviously are, um, putting up the word as well. And so their audiences are finding about it, but I think I still feel a little hesitancy sometimes about being like, by the way, I'm a podcaster. Um, I don't want it to sound like presumptuous or anything, or I don't know. I've hit 70 episodes. I think you're going to be episode 71. Sorry if I'm wrong on that, but, um, I feel like that's something to be said is like, you know, pod fade, like what number do people usually quit? <laughs> oh, they're at like seven. Like most people yeah. quit at seven, you know? Okay. So when I hit 70, I should be like, this is, this is, you know, a good start. <laughs> Just a little bit. I think you're like 10 X in front of most people. Yeah. Most people quit at like seven or eight. Like if it's not for them, they, 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 they understand pretty quickly because it's difficult to keep on top of, you know? And then, um, the metrics, I have to not be disappointed, you know, by my numbers, but it is interesting to see, you know, people are finding it and hopefully, um, we'll tell a friend. <laughs> But I have to remind them to tell a friend. So, hey, if you're listening to this, tell a friend. Um, I do want to get into your home office set, set up a little bit. You talked about some of your podcasting equipment. Um, how many people are in your household? Are you working with dogs or anything else like that right now? Oh, yeah, I've got a dog, Norman, that's just about to probably bark. Actually, he's looking out the window. Um, I can see him now. Uh, I've just asked Sam to come and get him. Bless him. He's only a little puppy. He's like seven months, eight months old, but he's he's all right. Um, so yeah, we got Norm and we got Molly, who's the other dog. But Molly's uh, Molly works with Sam and uh, uh, Norman works with me, so he's always under my table. Bless him. Um, yeah, there's, there's Sam and I. You know, we're fortunate enough. We've got a house where we can both have an office, uh, which is kind of nice. And then we're gonna we've got our first kiddo on the way at the minute, which is uh, that'll she is gonna be around in maybe February time. So um, maybe maybe some podcasts with crying in the background. <laughs> Congrats! Um, thank you very much. Um, so. I mean, it's, it's a fairly, I mean, we, the house is, is, is reasonably set up. It's why we choose the, uh, chose the house because um, like my, my own kind of space, it's a, it's a fairly big room where I've kind of got my own room and, and I've got all my video set up. I've got my podcast set up. I've got like my guitars and, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough I can you know play a bit of Xbox up here. I've got a TV and that up here. So it's, it's like a little apartment that's kind of tacked on the previous owners. I think they ran a business out of it. So they put this like extension above the garage which is almost pretty self-contained. Um, and then... Do you have like a kitchenette or anything in there? Yeah, yeah. There's like a utility that comes off the garage, which has got a sink. In fact, ironically, we're living through, we're living at that at the minute. We're just renovating and remodeling the kitchen. Um, so we're actually living out of the little kind of kitchenette utility room at the minute, which is, which is kind of uh, fortunate that we can do that. <laughs> what so, a, yeah, what a coincidence that. that you had that. Yeah, awesome. It is, it is pretty handy. And then Sam's got her office kind of in the other, you know, in the other kind of, uh, well, behind the wall um, from me. And and she's got a nice, you know, nice little office space. Everything's set up well. And it's it's just, yeah, it's, it, we're lucky to, to have that um, ability, you know. And, and, you know, working in tech and in podcasting, um, we had all the gear. You know, I, I had a camera that was good and because 
you know, we needed it for, for content. That's what we do. Um, yeah. You know, I needed the microphones. I've had them for years. The roadcaster had that for years. You know, every, we were fortunate that when lockdown hit, it was just like, right, all right, let's just get everything and just, that's fine. That's, we've got everything we need. Um, I feel like I've also received emails from Sam. So Sam works with you. Oh, yeah. Sam's our head of sport and experience. Yeah, yeah, you will have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, do you do you ever work side by side or are you usually in separate offices? Um, Usually in separate offices. Yeah, she does a very different role to me. Um, You know, she's working head as a head of customer sport and experience. And, you know, I'm generally kind of because, you know, running the business, um, you know, it requires me to do lots of different stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. Um. And and so it's it can be quite distracting if I'm because I'm always flitting you know in between different things which is which is is never easy, um, so yeah we, we we rarely work together but we obviously have sessions together where we'll plan stuff and and so on and we'll do that out in, you know wherever in the garden or in the kitchen or well, not the kitchen right now but you know we'll spend a bit of time just just planning stuff. I've talked with several couples actually or you know, someone who works with their spouse on the same business, but they're like, yeah, we have separate offices and separate floors of the house. This has happened more than once. Um, and they feel like that helps <laughs> with their relationship and their work and, you know, just different styles and like speaking and, you know, one person's on the phone and that person's trying to concentrate. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be too personal, but like, do you have another room in your home that you're going to have, like when the baby comes, are you going to have to give up an office or are you guys set? Oh no, we're all good. Yeah, we're, like you said, we're fortunate enough to have a place that um, that that we've we've got like a, a little kind of playroom for the kid, and we've got you know she's got a, her own bedroom and stuff. So it, it's a, it's a it's a it's, we chose the house when we moved with, with all of this in mind. You know, we're, we're fortunate okay. enough to have you know plenty of bedrooms and the office space, and we've got a living room and and, and a, a space that's completely separate to everything else that we can live in and 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 so on and. Um, you know, we've got a spare room for for the grandparents and stuff, which is which is nice. Awesome. So yeah, it, it it's a pretty well well structured house for that reason, and we, we chose it for that reason. You know, we, we knew that we'd be working together. We knew because we moved during lockdown, so we chose oh it with, with yeah, it was fun. <laughs> we we chose it with all that in mind, which is which is good. Knowing that you might eventually give up your brick and mortar office, so um, <clears throat> maybe not so much that, but knowing that I'll probably it's, oh certainly I think Sam and I will both always do something you know, whether it's Captivate, whether it's something else, who knows, like I can't ever see me retiring. I'll always be tinkering with something. If I'm not, if I'm not working something, I'll be working on something, you know, I'll either be studying something or whatever. So I think, right. you know, it, it's important to have a space when even, even like for kiddo, you know, for, she can come and, and, and she can work and she can have a desk and, and, and she can do her homework and, and wherever she needs it. So it's, it was more just setting up a family home more than anything. It just so happens that, you know, the, the the place that we found somewhat had decided to stick sort of a bit of an office on uh, above the garage, which is, which is very, nice. very, very fortunate. Very nice. yeah. uh, what a lucky find really, especially, I don't know if the UK is experiencing the same housing weirdness that we have right now. I live in um, Arizona and Phoenix, hmm. Arizona area. Oh, housing yeah. is just like crazy right now. And people are, you know, paying tens of thousand dollars above asking price um, and more, you know, just ridiculous, um, arrangements. And so, yeah, it's, it's a tricky time to be buying a house. So it sounds like you got settled in and at a good time. Well, it was, it was very, very, very tumultuous getting the house sorted, you know, being a business owner is, is always fun when you're getting things like that, you know, and, um, you know, we, we, I think we sort of moved just as the house prices started to go crazy. 
Okay. You know, we, we, we could have sold our, our previous house for 25, 30% more than what we sold it for. It was, if you, uh, you know, just had waited a few more months. <laughs> I know. Of. Well, but then the house that we'd have got now would have been 20, 30% more expensive. So, you know, it, it, we, we, we've, we've done the maths on it and we would have probably lost out. Um, even though on paper it looks like, oh, I could have got more selling that one. We wouldn't have got yeah. anything. Um, and I, I know people that are having that problem as well. You know, they, they, they look at the sale and they're thinking, well, okay. Um, but where am I going to go? That's it. Yeah. And the, the, a lot of them are buying, you know, they'll do like doer uppers where you've got to spend you the, the money that you get, you've got to reinvest back in it anyway to make it decent and livable. So it's sort of not right. worth it, in my view, especially when you're growing a business. You know, the last thing you want to do is, I mean, we have renovated a heck of a lot of the house. You know, we've changed every single door in the building. We've decorated every single room. We've changed. Um, it's got two bathrooms, so we've changed both of those. Um, we've we've got the kitchen that we're just remodeling. Like, and, and that was that was on a house that didn't need anything. You know, so what would you do if you know the amount of stuff that you would just because you live in it, the amount of stuff that you see and think, oh. I kind of want to change that, you know, so it's living in a construction zone is no, is no picnic. Were you doing some of the work yourself too? Um, a little bit of it, a little bit of it. Um, and, and, and I mean, some of the major stuff, like we put some more doors in, you know, we, 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 we cut a wall and put a door in and stuff. So obviously things like that we can't do. Um, but we did some of the stuff. Yeah. Some of the electrical work and Sam's dad's a plumber and, a, and, a, um, and so on. So he kind of advised on how we might do some of that stuff and, 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 you know, helped out where he could, but, um, yeah, certainly, certainly not all of it. <laughs> so I have a question talking about living in a house with dogs and we have a cat actually. My cat has been like probably trying to get into my next mm-hmm. room. Here is the bathroom because we have um, company visiting from out of state and we moved the um, cat box up into our bathroom so that the downstairs would smell a little bit more pleasant when we had our, <laughs> our company. Um, but so now she's like kind of in my face and she keeps trying to come into my closet by pawing at the door. Um, do you, as a podcaster, do you cut out those extra sounds? Like when that you, you said you might hear some noise, you know, do you actually go through and like carefully edit all of that or do you just let it roll? Uh, it depends what it is. I just let it roll usually. Like the dog did a, a good old barking session on one of my last episodes. I was like, well, you all know I've got a dog. That's Norman. Um, you know, sorry about that. It, I think it depends on the vibe. Like you said, you wouldn't get that with a scripted podcast or with something from right. Wondery. Or you, you, and I understand that, that it's not right for everyone to be able to do that. But my my style and my content has always been very straight talking, very, very focused on just you know, kind of cutting through the BS a little bit. And, and, you know, it, my, my job is to, to empower people to podcast and to, to, to make them feel comfortable podcasting. So if someone has not got a perfectly sound environment, I'd rather they're still podcasted and just went, Oh, I've not got a perfectly sound environment rather than someone else going, Oh, you can't pod, which people do, you know, you can't podcast unless you've got perfect sound. And I just think, well, that's stupid. So you know, I'd rather you started and your sound wasn't great, but it got you to a place where your sound was great. So if my dog barks, you know, I'm not, if I was to edit it, I'd almost be doing myself a disservice because I'd be, you know, if 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 one of our customers at Captivate or someone that asks for advice uh, comes to me and says, "Look, Mark, you know, you know, I want to, I want a podcast, but I'm worried that the the the, the, the um, you know the trash lorry or the the the, the, the traffic outside is going to sound too loud." I'm like, well, you know, my job is to empower them to get started and just you know, make account, you know, account for it and, and, and revisit it whenever you can, you know, it's, it's, yeah. to, it's to, you know, it's to empower people to do it. So I think that's why I take that approach. I, I know I originally, and I'm looking up here, um, 
I've got a big bag full of like the foam that you can use for, Mm -hmm. you know, reducing echo or whatever like that. But I thought when I bought it originally, which is why I never used it, that it would like actually prevent sounds from the outside rooms from leaking into this room. And the guy at the store was like, you can buy it, but it's probably not going to like hide the noises of your kids because it's just more of like a sound quality thing, not so much a sound buffer. And he said, if you need to hang um, blankets on your doors, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff a towel under your door, um, that's probably where the sounds are coming through. And um, I ended up just kind of on purpose leaving my office kind of stuffed with some stuff. Um, I have some shelves that hold like sweaters and, you know, shirts that I wear for my different jobs and, you know, just office supplies. And I figured just having enough stuff and a little furniture and a carpet on the ground is probably enough. Um, and I think it has more or less worked out that way. (laughs) Usually the sounds that I hear are coming from my guests, you know, and, and I want to keep it approachable. Like a lot of my, my guests are first time podcast guests, you know, they've never been on a podcast before. And I don't want to be like, Oh, are you in a, you know, I do ask, you know, are you wearing a headset by any chance to help reduce echo of my voice coming through your microphone? But a lot of them don't. And for the most part, honestly, I switched recently from using Riverside FM to just zoom. I know the picture quality isn't as great right now. Um, but it seems like it's a little bit more forgiving in the, and I know Zoom isn't a really great platform for podcasting. You probably have way better access to things, but um, as far as like cost, you know, my, my, my podcast isn't monetized right now. So um, Zoom is affordable and it seems like it's pretty forgiving. I usually can tell if there's going to be tech issues right, right in the you know middle of it versus Riverside when I was using them. I would, you know, finish recording and then we'd realize, oh, there was like something really big that went on that was like sync problem or something like that, or a big echo that we really had to spend a lot of time reducing. What do you use? Well, I don't use anything at the minute because I'm, I'm solo, um, but I always use Squadcast. You record into? I just record either into my Roadcaster, which is, you know, that's what is controlling my audio right now. It's my interface. Um, you know, it's why I can do the sounds and uh, I've got you coming through there. Um, and that's just onto an SD card. I, I can always, uh, I can, I also either do that or record you. I record through that, but into audition depending. It's been, a, the roadcast has been performing a bit weirdly uh, recently, but if I'm ever doing remote stuff, I'll do one of two things. Um, I will either use quite, li- well, I'll use either, uh, Zencaster, um, I love Ross and, and the team there. Um, Riverside, obviously, I, I, you know, I, use, I would use that one, and I have used that one. And, and, and you know, I'm fortunate to know these guys from from integrations with like Able and that. And then um, the other one, of course, is Squadcast. So we integrated very recently with Zach and Rock and, and the guys there that we've we've known for a long, long time. Um, so I would use one of those. I'm, you know, I, I would, I would, I would use one of those. There's nothing wrong with Zoom. You know, you can enable, um, you can enable. Um, you know, both sides of the conversation to be recorded separately. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's just, and it, you know, if, if you're worried about the mic and the noise, turn the mic down and get closer on it. Um, yeah. You know, that's, I could turn mine up, you know, I'll be louder now, but and I could move away. Um, okay. Or, you know, I can turn it down and really get on top of it and you can hear the difference. Um, yeah. So it's, it, it, it's the, the rooms are usually all right. As long as there's nothing crazy, like I can, you know, if I, if I bang on the desk, you're going to hear it. Mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not, it's not like that, you know? So it's, 
I, I think it's just about understanding how these things work, how the mic works. You know, like in your example, if, if you were worried about it, just turn the mic down and get get within two inch or three inch of the mic. That's it. So sit uh, closer. That, okay. Yeah, because it, it it will be you know the, what it's the 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 signal that it's expecting is far lower in in uh, volume. So you'll you almost act like your own noise gate. So things from further away just simply won't get in because it's not got enough power to drag it in, you know, but if your voice is really close to it, you're still going to sound brilliant, you know? So mm. just little hacks like that you, you can, that you can start to play with. Do you feel that podcasting is a way that entrepreneurs can, I mean, this is kind of a silly question. <laughs> I think I already didn't know the answer, but like, why do you suggest that people do podcasting? Um, you said, I would rather encourage someone to get started rather than wait until it's perfect. Um, so entrepreneurs obviously are always trying to market themselves. Do you feel like this is a way to really build an audience or is it an extra time suck? I think it's like anything, you know, it's a time suck if you don't do it right. Um, and if you, if you think it's going to be something that you can do quickly, um, then it's not going to work for you. It's, it's, you know, entrepreneurs are funny and it depends what kind of entrepreneur you mean. Like, do you mean a genuine entrepreneur or someone that says they're an entrepreneur but doesn't make any money yet? Like, that is a big difference. Now, the reason that I'm saying that is because there's so many gurus out there and they are 99% rubbish. And the reason that they're 99% rubbish is because their money comes from telling you that they're a guru. Yeah. And you're like, well, all right, show me all the other stuff that you've done. Like, if you've started a business and then you teach someone to start businesses, you're a small business owner that has gone into coaching. You're not an entrepreneur. If you started one business and you've either sold it or exited it, or you've put it on autopilot and it runs and makes its own money and profit, then you did it again. Then you did it again. Then you did it again. Then you're an entrepreneur. Like I'm not an entrepreneur. I just, I run a software company. I'm not an entrepreneur. So is it a time suck? Well, it depends on like, is marketing a time suck? Is invoicing a time suck? Like is blogging, is YouTube, is networking, is talking to clients, is sales, mm -hmm. is follow-up, is retention. Are they all time sucks? Well, they are if you do them inefficiently and if you do them ineffectively. And podcasting is the same thing. A lot of people get, I don't know who's told people this, but a lot of people tell people, get into podcasting because you can build an audience really quickly and sell your products and stuff. Well, I know, I do actually know who's been telling people this, but it's, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. You know, it's not, it doesn't happen like that. Like you, if, you just can't, you can't do it like that. It's, it's like YouTube. You know, if you put a YouTube video up every week and don't do anything else, what do you think will happen? Nothing. If you put a YouTube video up and then for the other four days of the week, your goal is to build a YouTube channel and you do collaboration, you do marketing, you do research, you do keyword analysis, you do title analysis, you do split testing, you split test your thumbnails then you will build a YouTube business, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's a difference between I podcast and I'm a podcaster. Just as a difference between I golf and I'm a golfer. And there's a difference between <laughs> I sing and I'm a singer, you know? They're very, very different. So <clears throat> I think it's, it's, a, it's a common fallacy that entrepreneurs and anyone can just start a podcast and build an audience. Is it a time suck? If you do it badly, yes. If you do it well, no. If you're not going to really focus on it, like I know so many people that want to automate and they'll go, well, I'm just going to turn my YouTube show into a podcast. Cool. That's not going to work. Like, <clears throat> why would it work? It's, it's, it's impossible. 
almost for it to work. Now, sure, YouTube's getting into podcasting a little bit, you know, and and so on. But you, you've got to really think about the medium. You know, if, if which one of these sounds better? All right, I'm going to do you two examples. One of them's for YouTube. One of them is for uh, a podcast. All right, here we go. I'm going to do the first one. I'm going to play the music. All right, here we go. In this video, you're going to learn three ways to build your podcast in just five minutes per day. All right, that's example number one. Okay, example number two. Welcome to the Podcast Accelerator. This is Mark Asquith, CEO and co-founder of Captivate.fm. And in this podcast, you can learn everything about how to start, build, and monetize your podcast audience. And I'm going to give a shout out to my sponsor, Aweber. blah, blah, blah. Right? The first one, you can't really get away with as a podcaster. Uh, sorry, that's the bit that you want to be using. Sorry, the last one you can't get away with as a podcaster because you lose me, all right? I tell you about me. I pitch me. And I, 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 I lose the listener instantly because it's not with about... the second example? With the second example. Because what's, it, what's in it for me? I'm driving, all right? I've got 10 seconds to find a new podcast between, between the lights changing. Right. Uh -uh, I'm out. Or I'm walking. I'm just about to set off on a run. On YouTube, you can sort of get away with that. And I know people like Nick Nimmin would teach this far better, but YouTube, you can get away with it. Why can you get away with it? Two reasons. One... You can keep me engaged with jump cuts and moving. I can move around. I can put things on screen to keep you engaged because my voice is not the only thing that needs to engage you. The second reason that you can do that on YouTube and you can get away with it a little bit more is because people are watching. So they are physically engaged with you right there and then. The first example, which I'll do again for you. Can you grow your podcast in just five minutes a day? Well, I believe you can, and I'm going to teach you three ways that you can do that. And all you need to do is listen for seven minutes. I'm going to talk to you about Instagram, the biggest problem people find there, how you can leverage Twitter, and why LinkedIn is your best friend. My name is Mark Asquith. This is the Podcast Accelerator. Now, you know what you're getting on that example, and it's only a subtle shift. So what happens is people try and repurpose. So they'll do a YouTube version, and they'll do everything the same. Then they'll take the audio and they'll, you know, entrepreneurs will take the audio and they'll stick it on podcast and they'll wonder why is one of my channels not growing? And it'll either be YouTube that's not growing or it'll be the podcast that's not growing. Both of them won't grow. Okay. And the reason for that is that you're not catering to the audience. You, you are literally not catering to the relevant audience. What you're doing is making yourself feel better by ticking two boxes. <laughs> you're speaking to me because I, I take this podcast and I throw it on YouTube because I already have the video. Why not? Well, that's, that's the exact thing that people do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, YouTube is moving into podcasting. And a lot of people do say that they listen to podcasts on YouTube. They're working on a more passive version of YouTube. Uh, um, you know, and they're actually, they're recruiting in the podcasting department at YouTube as we speak. Hmm. And there's nothing wrong with putting it on there, but let's be really clear. It's probably not going to grow. Yeah. You know, so that's the difference. All right. Where do you split? Where do you put your focus? Do you split your focus? Now, what might be better is YouTube has also got different requirements in terms of user base and audience expectation for when it comes to jump cuts. So maybe actually you do an abridged version with, you know, whatever jump cuts in there and a nice intro and so on. But the podcast that's catering to the runners, to the walkers, to the, you know, me when I'm cleaning my house or when I'm changing my car. I'm like, okay, is this podcast for me? I need to know very, very quickly because if not, these lights are going to change and I need to start driving again.
you know? So it's, it's, this is the problem that entrepreneurs face is that they, it has been perpetuated over the last few years that creating one piece of content, you can reuse it. And a lot of people mistake repurposing for simply reusing and republishing. True repurposing is taking elements yeah. and creating other content based on the elements. So yeah, the, the entrepreneur thing's a funny one. It's not a waste of time if you do it well. And if you focus on it, just like anything, you know. Can you talk a little bit really quick? Um, I know you're going to be running off to your next meeting here in a few. Um, what sets Captivate apart? I know why I chose Captivate, but that was a year and a half ago that I was doing that research. <laughs> so, um, you know, in this modern world where people maybe have, you know, only known the podcasting hosting services from, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago, what is special about Captivate that people might consider switching or starting one with you? Well, first up, I think you're going to get that kind of answer that I just gave you about why entrepreneurs may or may not want to podcast because no one, no one really, in my view, is going to tell you that stuff. You know, it's not my job to just get your RSS feed and take five, 10 bucks a month from you. It's my job to, for you to actually succeed, you know? So that's, that's the first thing, but you, I mean, you know what it's like, April, you know, we're always releasing new features. We're released across promo features. We've got Amy, our dynamic content modules rolling out with, there's so much that we do for the independent creator and we are, you know, we don't have a free plan. We only have a seven day free trial because we are really clear that the podcasters that we want to help are those that are serious independent creators that are willing to put 15 bucks, 20 bucks a month into the one thing that they want to do, you know? And if they can do that, if, if they are willing to have some skin in the game, we will give them everything that they need to be able to grow and move forward. And that's a different approach to other hosts. Many other hosts just, they want, they want users. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll do massive free plans so that eventually you, you end up paying them in a year's time. Like we could do that, but what's the point? I'd rather work with the really quality people that really want to grow their podcast because, you know, if we can do that, we don't have to worry about, oh, you know, most of our users are free or whatever. We can really focus on helping you. We can, we can do the growth labs. We can do our growth Q&A sessions. We can do all of our, like we release features quicker than any and more frequently than any other hosting platform quite literally on the planet because of because we can because we're not we're not we're not stymied by that well we need more free users we need more like we don't have to, we're not we've not got investors we don't need any of that all right all we need to do is help you um and like i said i've produced 1200 episodes everything that we build is built by podcasters gary who's our head of design he designed captivate he was the one that got me into podcasting. Like that shows you how much we're in podcasting. So yeah, that's probably why. Do you feel that um, Captivate, since you do work with people who are, you know, ready to dive in and commit to an actual plan, are less likely to experience that pod fade? Or do you feel like it's just kind of across the board? I feel like that would be easier to do with a free plan. <laughs> Sorry. It is. Um, yeah, our, our pod fade... Um, is, is very, very, very good. Um, like, so our activation rate, so people that go from the seven-day free trial to, to actually paying and being serious podcasters is very, 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 very high. And like almost startlingly high when I'm talking to people about it. Like it's, it's surprising because they're the right people. Mm -hmm. The second thing is um, Captivate was measured. Um, all, of the, all of the podcast episodes across the world um, that were released in September. This is the most recent statistics. 
Bear in mind there are hundreds of podcasters or whatever. There's a, there's a heck of a lot of them. Captivate, a two-year-old company with no investment. We were ninth. We beat out, we supplied um, over 2% of the world's podcast episodes in September. And bear in mind, all of the people above us, so the other eight, are all much, 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 much bigger, much, much older companies. And, and Captivate was ranking higher than some very, 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 large and very, very old companies. So to go from zero to being that level shows that our podcasters keep producing. Right. You know? so You've that, got momentum right now. And it's 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 not even our momentum, it's your momentum. Like we keep you going. We 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 want to keep you going. Some of the stuff that we're producing um over the next couple of months that we're releasing is it's intended to just help you. If you can save time, you can do more marketing. You know, and if the more you market, the more you'll grow, the more you grow, the more you monetize, the more time we can save you, you'll just keep doing that. So it's a perpetual cycle. You know, it's not, we are, you know, we are a byproduct of you continuing to do good work. You know, it's not about us doing good work. If we can enable you to do good work, then everyone does well. So that's, that's the ethos, you know, that's how we approach it. All right. Well, I know we need to wrap up. Um, do you have any advice for people who are either wanting to start working from home or wanting to start a podcast or any other final thoughts? I think just do what you want to do. You know, there is no right or wrong. There's no reason to do anything other than if you want to, um, you know, so just, just, just really, really do what you want to do. If you want to, if you want to start a podcast, then start a podcast. If you want to, if you want to, um, start that YouTube channel, or if you want to work from home, you know, whatever you want to do, just focus on doing it. And you'd be surprised you, you more often than not, you can. Uh, Mark, could you spell your name for us? And then um, you're at Captivate FM. Yes. Captivate.fm and surname Asquith, A-S-Q-U-I-T-H. Got it. And any other places you want people to find you or start at the website? Oh, just Twitter is probably the quickest one. Just um, at Mr. Asquith on Twitter. Um, it's where I do most of my engagement and my chatting. So that's probably the best. All right. Well, thank you. This has been Mark Asquith with April Malone. And this has been Yes, I Work From Home. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. <laughs>